Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. We foregoed the game last night because too many people, well, conflicting schedules, let me put it that way. We have about one, two, three, four, five, six people in the group, and three of them had something they needed to do. So so we forego it until next Monday. Oh, well, there's still the Thursday game. So, well, I've been sitting here thinking about mundane stuff. First of all, thinking about the mundane things characters do, because they can't all spend all their time fighting battles, solving mysteries, and all this other stuff. They do have to do their usual routine, which is eat, sleep, defecate, train, do their laundry if they can, and stuff like that. And I was thinking about how that can add to the role-playing and maybe lead into encounters or something. Because to me, role-playing leads to encounters. Encounters can lead into role-playing too. And sometimes they both happen at the same time. But it's more of a situational thing. It's situation like, okay, here's the situation. How do you want to deal with it? If you want to repartee, if you want to just go in and fight, that's your thing. But if you're sitting there uh, cooking stew for dinner, you really don't want to get into an encounter. Because one, you're hungry. And two, you're cooking. I'm assuming this person's doing the cooking. really don't want to get into it. But I was just thinking about these mundane things, how they lead into possibly better role-playing, better better combat. And first of all, food. Food, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos from Townsend and Sons. They do 18th century food recreations, how you can cook it, and what they used to eat back in the, back in the 18th century and things like that, America and all that. Big, they're, they're big recreationists of colonial times and things like that. And, and the guy, I can't remember his name, Townsend, that's his name. Uh, so uh, he does, he's a very good cook and he does a lot of things like that. And it got me to thinking about food in D&D. How food can become something you, it could be a character in itself, it could be a plot point, it could be a red herring. If you've got one character in the group who knows how to cook, that's good. You don't have to rely on rations all the time. Characters can always go out and shoot something or find something to eat or pick up vegetables or roots and herbs, and this person can go back and, you know, they may be a slop, they may be a really good, like, slop cook, they may be Gordon Ramsay, you never know. So, it all depends on what kind of stuff you give it to. And, these see, these are the little things that I really don't think about. I mean, I think about them in a story sense, but I don't think about in a... Uh, say, rolling your dice sense, because it it's interesting, because I probably should, I'm, I'm all about, I know I'm all about simple games, you know, rulings, not rules, blah, 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 but here's the, here's the, the, the double-edged sword, here's the flip side to it, roles can lead to role-playing, role, R-O-L-L, playing can lead to role, R-O-L-E, playing, so if you do something like well, first of all, for in, in food, constitution is king as far as a con roll. 
And you can do stuff like roll a percentage to see if the cook cooked it right and things like that, and then roll a percentage when you eat it. And what you do, or make a con roll, I should say, if you eat it, and what you do is you, whatever they rolled, you base your re- the reactions, the descriptions on what they rolled. That's the way rolls are supposed to work anyway. It all leads back to the story. Everything, even fights, they lead back to the story. I just don't sit there and say, you hit, you hit, you miss, you miss, you hit, you miss, you miss. No, I say how they hit and what's going on. Especially if there's a crit or a fumble. Mostly a fumble. But all this... Remember, roles lead back to role-playing. Role-playing can lead to roles. So it's a yin-yang thing. It's a, it's a tug-of-war. It's a, a cause and effect, give and take, whatever you want to call it. But you have to... So if you're going to use... Things, I wouldn't get obsessed over it. I would not get obsessed over it because... You know, you can't... You don't bog down too much description. Don't bog down too much on rolling to hit. Now, if somebody's got a slam dunk in something, like he was a he was a four star chef somewhere, and he's got this, if you use skills like cooking or even a secondary profession like I like to do as a chef or baker, and I would, you know, if they got such a high score, I wouldn't even have him roll it. It's like he he fixes you a meal fit for a king. But if he's like ordinary or I, I make him do like a cooking role or some kind of um, intelligence role or something, you know, a wisdom role if they're there, they have some training. And then I would go into the con roles and then that situation would be resolved in role playing. After you make the roles, you missed it. You, you got it. Okay. You think it's great. It's not the best thing in the world. But you're great. You roll a con check. Oh, you missed the con check. It gave you a stomachache. And say any encounters at night would be a, like at a minus one or something like that on your on your to hit, because you know you you got a stomach ache, and you don't feel so good. So, like I said, it leads it leads into things like that, other mundane things. I'm also thinking about unusual encounter places in your mundane world. What I mean is things like I always had this idea. One scenario I always had an idea is in a barn full of animals, you've got like org, ogres or orcs or goblins attacking the player characters for one reason, I don't know, whatever the plot. They end up in a barn of some farmer and there's animals. And not only do they have to fight the goblins or orcs or ogres, they have to dodge like the horses and chickens and cows and and whatever else they keep in there. But so do the bad guys. I mean, if, they're, if the players are smart, they will work that to their advantage and like say maneuver a, an orc to the back of the horse and then make him kick or something like, you know, something like that. And that, that was always one I always wanted to try sometime, but I never, I, I never get to, to do it. But, but other usual counterplaces, well, training, if the fighters are training or the thieves are training, something happens, they get in a fight, a real fight and need backup. Or maybe some wizard shows up in the middle of the town while they're shopping and they have to deal with it in a, in a marketplace. That That's a little mundane. But how about this? A launderers. You know, I'll, I'll, when people wash their clothes, they don't always do it. They're, they're going to be laundries, in my, at least in my world, laundries. And there's going to be people working there or maybe, maybe 
goblins or orcs. I don't know. Maybe they do real good laundry. But they, you get in a fight in a laundromat, not a laundromat, but a launderer's for some reason. You're picking up your clothes, you're dropping them off, or maybe even you're working there to get some ready cash. You know, you're not washing clothes, but you're like shoveling clothes. You know, you're you're picking up the clothes. And you're okay, bring them over to 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 tub three, and he'll wash them, or you know that kind of thing. And a fight breaks out for some reason. Something happens. Something magical happens. Maybe a creature, maybe a, a wild magical critter got away in town, and he ended up in the laundromat. Something like that. Another thing is odd jobs. Odd jobs. Yes, PCs always hire themselves out as like caravan guards or huntsmen who take rich people out for a hunt or something like that, or trackers. But think of it this way. In my world, I don't mind if there is like early printing technology, like the original printing press, where where they not only make paper, but they, but they make, they don't do newspaper, but they do like bills and pamphlets and, you know, things, advertisement. And they do. They can have. I don't care. Movable type. But what if the PCs got hired to hand out flyers, or something like that? They could go all over town. They can get in all sorts of trouble, and it just—it's another way for them to. And it's a mundane thing. It's another way for them to. to and that could be a start of something. That could really be a start of something. So. There's that, on jobs, things like that. Now, one book I really recommend, which is out of print, but it's very easy to find, and you probably know where I'm going with this, some of you. Uh, Judges Guild Ready Ref Sheets. It says volume one, but there was only a volume one. And this book this book is kind of indispensable for me. It's It's 54 pages of nothing but charts, and tables for, and this was originally written for the original D&D game, for the three brown books. That's why you're not going to find any thief stuff. Well, you may find thief stuff, it's mostly NPC stuff, but it's centered around the the uh, the three, no, wait a minute, was it? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, you know, it's got stuff like social level city encounter, I'll just pick a few out here. Crime, trial, and punishment, exchange rates, medals, Beggars, characteristics, shock and recovery, poison types, attack reasons. And these are all charts and encounters. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be wedded to these because it is charts and stuff, but the charts role playing. It goes back to role playing and it comes back. They even have a, a harlot chart in here somewhere. I don't know where it is. But it's got a lot of stuff and it's mostly like it refers to monsters and stuff. It's got a monster thing in here. It's mostly in referring to the three bound books monster, but you can extrapolate from there. And this is a great thing if you don't have your monster book with you or something like that. They got a monster compendium in here you can use, uh, and it's just a, it's it's a great pl- it's a great thing. And I use this. I thumb through this looking for ideas, looking for ideas for adventures, so I could so I could run them for my group. Uh, Judges Guild, Ready Ref Sheets, Volume 1, Game Maze and Variants ex- Designed Especially for Use with Dungeons & Dragons. Boom. It's got a purple cover. It, it was it was originally published with a white cover, but the purple cover one is the one everybody knows, and that's the one you're going to find. And it originally sold for $2.99 back in the day. 
And the back in the day was, I believe, the late 70. Uh, 78, yes. And get yourself a copy of that. I saw him go on eBay for uh, 10 bucks. 10 to 20. I think it went all the way up to 50, but that's for like a pristine copy. I used to, I have two copies of it. I've got a very good copy. And I've got a beat-up old copy that a friend of mine gave me a long time ago, and I just kept. But at North Texas, my friend Mike, Bad Mike, Mike Bettelotto, had, like, copies of really good ones, so I got that to use instead. And the other one I just keep in plastic. I keep this in plastic, too, but I haul it out every once in a while and look at it. But, yeah, ready ref sheets. And just think of the more mundane things your character can do in town or even in the wilderness. I mean, you know, everybody has to get up and put their pants on and stuff. So think about that. That's it's the mundane stuff. If I think of any more, I think I will I will do another episode on this. If I can think more some more unusual things to do in a more unusual places to, to be. So I'm gonna go start my day. And the usual. If you want to talk to me about this, you can email me at oldmangrognard at gmail.com or drop me a drop me a voicemail on Anchor. I'd love those. And we're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month. You too can help this program. You can help me, and I would thank you. Thank you, Jonathan, Dorje, Wendell, Jessen, Oliver, Shriek, Gilbert Suarez, and Mark C. Walring for being my supporters. And don't forget Mark's podcast, which is The Yawning Owlbears. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. <laughs>